Good morning, everybody. Welcome to service number two. Amen. And we are so grateful to see all of you here this morning. Let's go ahead and let's stand and let's go before the Lord and welcome him in here. And we are excited to be able to be here in the presence of the Lord, ex expecting a move of God. Amen. Let's all go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you so much. Lord, you can never do enough, Lord, where I would ever stop being thankful. Lord, you can never do another thing again, and I'd still be thankful, Lord, because of the many great things that you have done. Lord, you have never left us. You have never forsaken us. And Lord, I'm thankful for the promises that I can grab a hold of today. Lord, I ask that as we come here this morning, that we come with everything that we have to give to you. And Lord, that we believe for a great outpouring that will take place here today. Lord, in your precious name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship this morning. Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. Defender behind me, I won't fear. I'm filled with anointing, my cup's overflowing. No weapon can harm me. I won't fear. Ben Ken. 
so I won't. I won't fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am not alone. He's my comfort. Always holding love. Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me, my victory, my victory. Your spirit lives within me. So I will walk in your peace. Your spirit is within me. My victory, my victory. Your spirit is within me. So I will walk in your peace. Your spirit is within me. couple of prayer requests that we do want to make known. Um, be sure to be praying for Brother Griffin and the Griffin family. Brother Griffin had a fall at his nursing uh, facility this past week. Um, he does have a couple of broken bones. We do want to make sure we are praying uh, for his recovery and his safety. Also, too, um, First Lady Sister Heather's dad, uh, Dave Knowlton, had knee surgery. We want to pray for his recovery. And then also as well, praying for Brother Kyle Montgomery and the Montgomery family. I have been amazed at what God has already done. I am amazed at what God is doing in his life. I've been hearing stories of people who have, as they've shared the testimonies and as they have shared the progress of Brother Kyle and how other people who are around them have uh, been reaching out and say, well, you know, if we could just have you guys pray for us too, we, we would appreciate that. And so even in the middle of the things that are going on in Kyle's miracle, we are starting to see that people are gravitating towards, you know, what's different? What's moving? There's a spirit of God in it that is moving throughout in that testimony right now. And so we are thankful, and so continue to be praying. And as we pray for the offering, uh, in our first service we did this as well. I, I do feel it's right to con continue on. If you have a healing here, if you need a, a need of a healing, you have a need from God here this morning, let's bring it before the Lord today. And as we pray for this offering, let's also pray for that. If you have a friend who needs healing, uh, if you have a family member, whatever the situation may be, let's pray for that here this morning as we pray for our offering as well. Lord, we ask, Lord, that we can come before you, Lord. Knowing, Lord, that you are the healer, the great physician. Lord, we know that there is not one thing too big for you or impossible for you. Lord, we put all of our hope and trust in you. And, Lord, we ask that you be able to move, Lord, that only you know these needs, Lord, that are being brought before you today. Lord, we ask that you bless this offering, Lord, that, that you will honor this as, as we give from our heart to you. And, Lord, we ask that for each and every need that is here today, that every need be supplied. And, Lord, that you are abundant in grace and mercy, Lord, and you, you are abundant in your healing powers. And, and, Lord, I ask for that abundancy to come into this place here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ushers, you may go forward.
For anyone who's ever seen the mountain of their sins just disappear. And for anyone who's ever felt the hand of heaven reach down through their fears and dry their tears. For any life that once was empty and now finds itself alive and full of songs, victory songs. Then you'll understand the reason for the way the saints of God will carry on. Oh, so when I shout, no, I'm shouting from a heart that's been washed clean. When I run, no, I'm running from a past that's been redeemed. To the world, it might look crazy, but there's just no telling what you're going to do. In that moment, Jesus gets a hold of you. For anyone who knows the hope that keeps them moving on through troubled days. And for anyone who knows they've got a future and a hope beyond the grave. Every life's a different story. How he led us out of darkness into light. And there's no way to keep us silent. Every breath is another chance to testify. So why I shout? When I shout, no, I'm shouting. From a heart that's been washed clean. When I run, no, I'm running. From a past that's been redeemed. To the world, it might look crazy. But there's just no telling what you're going to do. In that moment, Jesus gets a hold of you. Come on, who can sing this? For anyone who's ever seen the mountain of their sins just disappear. And anyone who's ever felt the hand of heaven reach down through their fears and dry their tears. This was me. For any life that once was empty, I now find myself alive and full of songs. And that's a victory song. Then you'll understand the reason for the way the saints of God will carry on. Yes. So when I shout, no, I'm shouting. From a heart that's been washed clean. When I run, no, I'm running. From a past that's been redeemed. To the world that might look crazy. There's just no telling what you're going to do. In that moment, Jesus gets a hold of you. Because my past erased and my name he changed, I'll testify. Oh, my past was erased and my name he changed, I'll testify. Why don't you join me? How about you? Because my past erased, my name he changed. Let's testify. Now my past erased, my name he changed. Let's testify. Oh, my past erased, my name he changed. Let's testify. When I shout, no, I'm shouting from a heart that's been washed clean. When I run, no, I'm running from a past that's been redeemed. To the world, it might look crazy, but there's just no telling what you're going to do. In that moment, Jesus gets a hold of you. You may be here this morning and feel like victory is so far away. You may hear the stories of the testimonies of others and wish it to be yours. But understand that that battle is not yet over. 
understand that 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 battle is not done in the Lord's mind. This morning, you might not be at victory yet, but we will get to victory. Let's continue to pray and let's continue to sing and worship because the victory is coming. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness fails, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. My God will never fail. I'm gonna sing a victory. I'm gonna sing a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna sing a victory. I'm gonna sing a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. I'm not backing down from any giant. Cause I
Amen, amen, amen. And praise the Lord, everybody. Good morning. Actually, it's almost afternoon now, isn't it? Amen, amen. We want to pray for Brother Jason's dad, Gary Waters. Uh, he's in need of healing. He's in the hospital and with possible pneumonia, uh, no COVID, uh, but he, is, uh, he can barely move and uh, he has shortness of breath. So I wonder if you would join with me in praying for Brother Jason's dad today, that God would touch his body. His name is Gary Waters. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Gary Waters today. Lord, would you reach out and touch his body? We pray against this pneumonia, the shortness of breath. Lord, we pray that you would just uh, relieve that and that you would just fill his lungs with pure oxygen, Lord, that he would be able to breathe normally. I thank you, Father, for just touching his mom today as well. Lord, and uh, uh, Gary's wife, that you would just give her strength. Give Brother Jason and his family peace in this time. I thank you for walking with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And I wonder if somebody would just come up here and you would uh, uh, want to pray for this this next week. Somebody? Um, all right, Sister Jeannie. All right. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today with you all. Uh, just good to be here. Thank you for praying for us. Last week, we were in uh, Neelyville, Missouri, and Corning, Arkansas, and Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And so, yeah. And so, if, if you've been down there, and, and some of you folks, you know what Arkansas is all about. Um, and it's, it's different. <laughs> it's different. And uh, we have much family there. And we probably have several of our family watching today. Uh, when we went to uh, do my dad's uh, sister's funeral, my aunt, uh, several of them came to me and they said, thank you, thank you for uh, being online. We watch you every Sunday. And so to all of you that support our media ministry and those that are involved in media ministry, uh, thank you for uh, that. I appreciate that so very much. Amen. 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 Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses number 9 through 10. Uh, Robin and I had had a, um, an experience yesterday that we have not had, uh, and that is that we had three of our grandchildren, Jennifer's and Michael's children, they spent the night with us last night. I don't think they've ever spent the night any place, have they? And so um, we, had a, we had a rough night. <laughs> She had a rough night. I slept in our bed, and she slept in the bed of the grandkids. It was a great night. I had the whole king-size bed to myself. All right, so it was good. It was interesting. Uh, we learned some things. You know, when you have grandkids, you learn stuff. And, uh, and uh, we were talking to uh, uh, Kinsey, yeah, whatever her name is, <laughs> Kinsey, and uh, she says, yes, she says, I, I write songs, and I sing, and she does, uh, yes, you, you can be dismissed, um, see ya, <laughs> so no, you can be dismissed, um, she says, I write songs, and she says, I write stories, and we're like, really, she says, yes, she says, I've got them in a diary, a diary, and we're like, you mean a diary, she goes, yes, a diary, and we laughed and laughed, and she says, that's not funny. <laughs> well, it's better to have a diary than to have a diary. <laughs> I'll just say that. Matthew 5, verse number 9, all right? <laughs> See, I haven't, I haven't, I, I've been preaching truth so far. Everything I've said has been true, all right? Matthew 5 and 9, the Bible says, read with me, verse 9 and 10. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now I read to you in the Amplified Bible. Blessed or spiritually calm with life joy in God's favor are the makers and maintainers of peace, for they will express his character and be called the sons of God. And then I read to you in the message translation the same verse. It says you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover 
who you really are and your place in God's family. Interesting that verse 9 says that it identifies the children of God. And you know that you're a child of God because you are a peacemaker. You're a peacemaker because he said, blessed are they or happy are they because they are called the children of God. When people see you and your actions and what you do and how you, how you act in situations and you are a peacemaker, they automatically equate you as a Christian. This is a man or a woman of God. But then he went on to say in verse 10, he said, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And it leads me to believe that if you are a peacemaker and you do your best to bring peace in situations, then probably you're going to be persecuted for righteousness sake. And so at the end of this message, I'm going to be talking a little bit about how to endure persecution or, or things that are said um, to you and about you, how, how, how you can endure that. But I want to talk to us about peacemakers and troublemakers. Say that with me. Peacemakers and troublemakers. Which one are you? Oh, it all depends on what day it is. No, 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 no. Which one are you? Jesus, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for the people of God. And we thank you, Father, that you have called us to be peacemakers. Although I must admit that there are times when I have been the troublemaker, Lord, and I have a feeling that I'm not alone today, but others have that same testimony. Lord, to end those times, we pray for forgiveness, and we pray that our desire to be a peacemaker overruns, overtakes our tendency to want to be a troublemaker. And Father, for that, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. I want to begin this message with a question to each of you, each of us today. And I want to ask this question, are you a peacemaker or are you a troublemaker? Now, let me do this differently. Are you a peacemaker or are you a troublemaker? Now, both sides are equally offended, right? And we are going to be one or the other. Are you one that encourages peace with all people? Or are you one who thrives on the ability to create confusion, turmoil, and unrest? And the answer to these questions determine much about who you are and who you belong to. Each of us has the opportunity to add fuel to the fire of any situation. We have two buckets in our hand, one in the right hand and one in the left hand. And one is filled with water and the other is filled with gasoline. And depending on what the situation is... It determines which bucket you should use, whether you should pour gas on it or you should pour water upon it. Did you know that depending upon where we're at, we have opportunities to be either a peacemaker or a troublemaker? Thank you, my brother. You're not going to lose your reward now. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Peacemakers, you see, they play down drama And they look for ways to stifle the confusion. Troublemakers, they look for ways to get a rise out of others, amen, and and to create more confusion. Troublemakers thrive on drama, and they look for ways to pit one person against another. And then they stand back and they watch the show as the fireworks are unfurled. Again, we have all of us have an opportunity to either be a peacemaker or a troublemaker. Two weeks ago, I was driving uh, in Rockford, and I was uh, seeking to try to merge from a one-lane road into a four-lane road. It's a very difficult area. It's on Forest Hills and North Second, uh, when you come off of that that bridge there. And uh, I was doing my best to mind my own business and stay with the traffic and everything. And so I got to the place where I was going to merge, and I merge over and I look in the rearview mirror and there's this Jeep that's in back of me that's barreling down on my bumper and it caused me to have to swerve back over and this guy was honking and waving at me and, and all that kind of stuff. And so what was I to do as a Christian man? I honked back <laughs> and I waved at him like this. 
And so then I thought to myself, I'm just going to go around this guy now. And I'm just going to speed up. So I stepped on the gas pedal and I sped up. And wouldn't you know it, this guy changes lanes and he gets right in front of me. And to top it off, he hits his brakes and he stops in the middle of the road. So here I am. And by then, I was really unspiritual at that time. And I'm honking my horn and the guy, he gets into the ramp, the off ramp, and he goes onto the off ramp and I said, I'm going to follow this guy and I'm going to tell him what, I'm, what it's all about. Because after all, I'm a man, you know, and you don't disrespect a man. You say, what do you call that? You call that stupid. That's what you call it. And so just as I was ready to merge and go on to the off-ramp, I happened to remember that I had this little sticker that was on my window. It said, Firstborn Ministries, taking Jesus as he is to people as they are. And so I calmed down and I got my senses back about me. And I ask God to forgive me for that. <laughs> we'll have many opportunities to either be a troublemaker or a peacemaker. We decide. Which one are you? A troublemaker or a peacemaker? So what does the Bible have to say about troublemakers? Well, this first statement is pretty strong. God hates them. God hates troublemakers. Proverbs 6 and 16, it says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, even seven are an abomination to him. A proud look or someone that walks around and they think that they're all of that in a bag of chips. Pride can be because you think you're prettier, you're nicer looking or whatever than somebody else. Pride could be in the sense that I drive a nicer car than that individual or I have a better job or I live in a nicer house. Pride can even be uh, your race. I'm proud because I'm white or I'm proud because I'm black or I'm proud because I'm Hispanic or I'm proud because I'm Irish or Italian or German or whatever that is. Pride can be all of those things. And nothing wrong with uh, thinking well of yourself because the Bible tells us that we are to love other people as we love ourselves. But pride is when you begin to say, I'm better than the other individuals that are out there because of who I am, where I'm at, and whatever. That's a proud look. And then the Bible says God hates a lying tongue. He hates hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and then here it is, he that soweth discord among brethren, a troublemaker. God says, I hate them. And the reason why he hates them is because of the problems that they create. You see, each of us, as I said, we have a bucket in both hands. And depending upon whether, what bucket we use, we can make the situation better or we can make it worse. The problem with a troublemaker is every time they get involved, it is never better and it is always worse. The Bible says this about a troublemaker, that they are fools. Proverbs 20 and 3, it is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling or troublemaker will be doing what they do, and they're a fool. The Bible says that we should avoid those troublemakers. Now I beseech you, Romans 16 and 17, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. And so the way you deal with a troublemaker is you avoid them. Doesn't mean that you treat them unkindly. Doesn't mean that you cast judgment upon them saying you're going to split hell wide open, but you avoid them. You're kind to them, you love them, but you avoid them. You don't want them to be the best friend that you have because if that's the truth, then your life is always going to be filled with trouble because the troublemaker is there creating that trouble in your life and others. So how do I avoid being that troublemaker? Well, it's a difficult thing. And yet the Lord told us how. In Matthew 5 and 44, he said, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use and persecute you. How do I avoid being a troublemaker? Practice love to those that are your enemies. Practice being kind to those that are doing you wrong. 
Pray for those that are despitefully using you and persecuting you. If you'll do that, that will keep you from being a troublemaker. 1 Peter 2 and 1, the Bible says, Lay aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. Choose to speak words of life to those that are in your, your circle of influence and everybody that you come into contact with because still death and life are in the power of the tongue. You have the power to be able to create good things in your life or bad things, good relationships or bad relationships. All right, now that we've got the difficult part over with, how do I become a peacemaker? And what does the Bible say about a peacemaker? Well, first of all, the Bible says that the peacemaker has a good testimony. Jesus said it, Matthew 5 and 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. You see it? When you are a peacemaker, people equate you with being a child of God, a Christian man or Christian woman. I've never seen anybody that was known as a troublemaker say, man, that's the best Christian I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I've never heard that. But I have seen those that, that were peacemakers. They weren't perfect. They didn't have everything correct. They didn't have all the T's crossed and the I's dotted. They still had problems in their life, but they had a heart to want to bring about unity and to bring peace in the situation where they were at. And because of that, the people said, now there is a child of God. There's a real man of God. There's a real woman of God. You have a good testimony when you choose to be a peacemaker. When you act as a peacemaker, it reflects who you are serving and the God that you serve and live for. So when people see you live out your faith as a peacemaker, they say, that is a real man of God, woman of God. So the question I have this morning is, what do my actions say about me and who my father is? So, oh, pastor, that's a heavy question. I know it is, but it's one that we need to consider. And I've got to be honest with you, there are some times that my actions have not spoken that I was a child of God. You say, well, I thought you was a preacher. I am, but I'm a human being first. And I've never seen one man or woman that is a Christian, that is a preacher, that has never made a mistake. Because as long as you are here still in this life, you are in this flesh. And as long as you're in this flesh, you're going to have problems and you're going to have challenges and you're going to have stumbles in your life. And so what is a peacemaker? I looked up the word peacemaker in the dictionary and it was interesting what I found. It said diplomats. Another word for a peacemaker, one who represents another. Can you imagine the American diplomats that are called to go over in the various areas? If they were troublemakers, how much trouble they would cause for the United States of America? I mean, if they just wanted to go and shoot from the hip and do everything that they wanted, then uh, they probably would not make a very good diplomat. I'm pretty sure that probably Donald Trump will never be a diplomat overseas. Probably. Another word for diplomat is an arbitrator, one who is called to help settle a dispute, a negotiator, a mediator. And then I came across this one a Browning automatic machine gun capable of shooting 500 rounds per minute. I say, really, Pastor? That's what it said. I'm not, I don't think that's what the Lord was talking about, although it's probably going to bring some peace in that situation where you're at. But a peacemaker is one who creates opportunities for peace to exist. They're not peacekeepers, but peacemakers. A peacemaker is a man or a woman who works through the obstacles of division and disagreement in order to cause peace in any given situation. A peacemaker is a person who knows what bucket to use at the right time. Sometimes there will be no peace, but in that time we still have instructions to try to bring peace. Can you imagine if the uh, pastor was a troublemaker? How much trouble there would be in the church? And yet, 
The pastor has been called to be a peacemaker. And yet, at times, the pastor has added to that trouble, sometimes knowingly or unknowingly, and the times when it's been knowingly, he has to repent, she has to repent, and ask God to forgive them. But wait, wait, wait. Before you judge the pastor, then each of us have that same opportunity as well. And there have been times probably when each of us have knowingly and unknowingly added to the trouble when we should not have. And so the Bible encourages us that even though sometimes there will be no peace in a given situation, we still have to do our best to try. Listen to Romans 12 and 18. He said, if it's possible, as much as lies in you, live peaceable with all men. Do all you can to get along is what it's saying. Don't be the reason for a conflict, but be the reason for a peace deal that is there. I know I said Donald Trump would never be an ambassador, and yet he struck one of the greatest peace deals that our world has ever seen because he's a negotiator. I wonder if we could, in our own lives, become that man or that woman that would encourage and enhance peace in the lives of others. I begin to think about some famous peacekeepers in the Word. Joseph was a peacekeeper. You see, when his brothers did evil against him, and finally he had the opportunity to pay them back, when he was the governor of the land of Egypt and his brothers came before him, and he could have put them in their place. Instead, he said, no, I will be a peacemaker. And he sought peace with them for their sake and also for his. I think about Jonathan, the son of King Saul. He sought to be a peacemaker between David and and his jealous, angry father. I think about Abigail, the wife of Nabal. His name means churlish. Nabal was a very wealthy man. His name means churlish or stupid. You might say he was a stupid man. And his wife's name means beautiful. It's when the beauty was married to the beast. It's when beauty was married to stupid. And the Bible says this. That Nabal sought to have a problem with David. And Abigail, being the beautiful lady that she was, she was a peacemaker. She went beyond her husband's stupidity and she helped in that situation. These are just some examples. So, what are the essential elements for becoming a peacemaker? First of all, we should seek God's peace in our own lives. You can never really bring peace if you don't have peace. It's kind of like uh, the apostles whenever they came to the gate beautiful and they saw the man laying there at that, at that gate beautiful. He was lame and he said, silver and gold have I none. They can't give what they don't have. But he said, I do have something such as I have, I give unto you. And then he said, rise up and walk in the name of the Lord. And he grabbed the man by the hand, he leaped to his feet, and the man was healed. They had something inside of them to be able to give to that man that was laying at the gate beautiful. Somebody said, well, why don't we see more of that? I believe that we do see much of this. You look at all of the, uh, the healings that have taken place in our world. If you look at all of the healings in the various places of our world, you will see that the gift of faith and the gift of healing is still in operation today. But what I do whenever I come to a man or woman, whenever they are needing healing or they are needing peace or whatever it is, I realize that I have the Prince of Peace in my life. I realize I have the Holy Ghost in my heart. And I pray for the answer that is there. And many times as we do that, we see the answer take place. We see the healing take place. But you will never be able to bring peace into an area where you don't first of all have peace in your own heart. If you're at war in your own life and in your own mind and in your, with, your, with your family and with your friends and on the job, you're probably never going to have peace on the job if you choose to have war. Say, I hate my job. Every day I go in, I hate it every day. Well, you need to remember that God has you where you're at. If you are a child of God, the Bible says, in Him we live and move and we have our being. And you are where God wants you to be. And if you were not then you would be someplace else. And so you need to thank God for where you're at and then choose to be 
a peacemaker, but the only way you can do that is, first of all, to be at peace with your own self and your own life. Second of all, we have to be willing to identify areas of agreement more than areas of disagreement. You know, isn't it interesting? We like to get together and we like to talk about our disagreements. I disagree with you on this and I disagree with you on that and I disagree with you on this and I disagree with you on that. I have preacher friends that we don't agree on anything and yet we are best friends. You say, why is that? Because we agree to disagree and we're not going to be disagreeable. And sometimes uh, the conversation gets pretty intense and so we just change the conversation. You say, did you persuade him? No. Did he persuade you? Nope. But... I want peace to be in that situation. And so we look for areas of agreement more than areas of a disagreement. If there are heated issues that we know will be in conflict, we avoid those hot buttons and, and we talk about things, topics, where there is more of a consensus together. For example, when we get together, how many have seen family get-togethers that wind up in a huge fight? I mean, you have great Uncle Ollie, and you have uh, Uncle Joe, and one is from the South, and one is from the North, and one is a, uh, one is a complete uh, uh, um, um, whatever, I'm, I'm hesitating to say, <laughs> amen, but they are from two different ends of the spectrum. One says, I'm totally conservative. The other one says, I'm totally non-conservative. And one says, I'm totally right. And the other one says, you're totally wrong. I am totally left. All right? And so then they begin to talk about these things. One says, I am a Republican. And the other says, I am a Democrat. And the first shots have been fired. And all of a sudden, I've seen where families leave and people are mad. And they won't even talk to each other. I'm telling you, that is not the will of God for that to be that way. Sometimes what we have to do is we have to declare, this is a no politics zone. One time in this church, we had people on both sides of the spectrum. And it got so bad in this congregation that people, they were, they were verbally <laughs> assaulting each other. Because after all, I'm right. And I'm, I finally, I had to sit them down. I had to say, do you guys have the Holy Ghost? Well, yeah. Do you agree on the necessity and the beauty of the Holy Ghost and Jesus Christ as the Almighty God? Yes, we do. I said, well, good. Stop talking about politics. You're never going to agree. Just shut up and leave that stuff alone. And when you come to the house of God, let's focus on Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Leave it alone. Because after all, there are some things that you're never going to be able to convince others of. I'm not saying that there should never be a time of controversy. I'm not saying that we should shy away from the truth. For instance, there are some that would say, oh, you know what? We, uh, uh, we, we, we support uh, Roe v. Wade, all right? We believe, on abortion, uh, uh, we believe in abortion on demand. Well, that's not a political problem. They have made it a political hot button, but this is a biblical, uh, uh, this is a biblical principle in the Word of God where it says not to harm the baby that is there in the womb. And the Bible pronounces a judgment upon men and women that would do so. Totally different. And there will be times when there will be controversy. And there will be great disagreement. And so being a peacemaker doesn't mean that you agree with everything that comes along and that you agree with everybody's opinion. But when this happens, remember the principle of the peacemaker is found in Ephesians 4 and 15, speaking the truth in love. You have to be willing to be, uh, you have to be willing to uh, love more than you are to be, uh, more than you are wanting to win the argument. More than you're wanting to get your point across and to persuade them, you've got to be willing to love that individual. And it doesn't mean that you compromise your conviction because there are some things that we cannot and we dare not compromise in order to be right with God. But what it does mean is we leave those things with God. And the things we can't agree on, we choose to love over choosing to win. Jesus said in John 13 and 34, I've commanded you to love one another. Finally, 
We should be willing to endure injustice. Frequently, it's pride that causes us to feel that we have not been treated justly. Anybody ever feel that way? I have. And yet there are some times when we have been treated justly. (laughs) It's always easier to suffer a for something that we've done wrong than it is to suffer for an injustice, isn't it? Because in that injustice, we want to stand up and we want to fight. We want to retaliate. We want to say things that we want to say. Yet the Bible says that in Proverbs 15 and 1, a soft answer turns away wrath and grievous words stir up anger. Have you ever been accused of something you didn't do? If not, you're pretty blessed. Now, I've not been accused of many things that I'm guilty of, but there are some things that I've been accused of that I never did. How did you feel when that happened? I'll tell you how you feel. You want to retaliate. You want to get back. You want to get even. You want to shout, liar, liar, pants on fire, and I hope you burn in the lake of fire. Amen. And yet, that's not God's way. When Jesus was on the cross, the Bible says that he did not offer rail for railing, curse for cursing. So what does the Bible say? Does it give us a word for those that are suffering unjustly and wrongly? Yeah, here it is. 1 Peter 2 and 19, he says, For this is thankworthy, if a man or a woman for conscience toward God endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it when you are buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently. But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were you called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. You know what that means? That means as Christ suffered wrongfully, there will be times when you and I will suffer wrongfully as well. And our response in that time will say much about us and where we're going. This is why we should be careful about taking sides. You know, I, I read things on Facebook and on the internet, especially with our politicians. We're in a political bloodbath right now. And people are so against each other, which is so ridiculous. And I, I, I read things, and one thing recently was about uh, a justice that was said, and they were trying to make people believe that they were for uh, children under 12 years old uh, uh, be able to marry and have relationship with adults. And I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. This is stupid. And yet what will happen is one side and both sides do it. They will take a little snippet of something and they'll put it on there and they'll say, see, they said this. And though what they put, they did say, but it's taken totally out of context. And this is what we have to be careful of. Sometimes we become the troublemaker because we don't take the time to sit down and to talk to one another about what the problem is. I have a friend that is a very liberal preacher and I love him. He's he's my friend. And uh, we don't agree on anything. We don't agree on doctrine, nothing. I mean, I, I think he's totally wrong. I, I, I think he's way off base and just, just nothing. And I found myself talking to him one day and we were talking about uh, things and, and uh, he began to raise his voice and I found my blood pressure raising. And all of a sudden the Holy Ghost checked me and said, Wendell, are you a troublemaker or are you a peacemaker? But Lord, this is wrong, Wendell. Are you a troublemaker or a peacemaker? And here's what I believe the Lord told me to say. The Lord told me to say to him, I understand. I hear you. I I don't agree with you, but I understand and I hear you. And all of a sudden, there was peace. Wouldn't it be good if we were able to sit down and try and see from the perspective of other people and just sit down and talk to them 
And that's really what should be. It shouldn't be attacks on both sides and you are this and you're that and accusations, but it should be that we are able to sit down and work through our problems. Blessed are the peacemakers. Have you ever been the object of scorn and attack? If so, well then, what I've just read to you is a blueprint for your survival. He said, if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. Be not afraid of their terror. Don't be troubled. So, how do we do this? How do I become a peacemaker? First of all, have peace in my heart to begin with. Second of all, find more that you agree on than you disagree about. And third of all, be willing to endure injustice when it comes your way. Amen. Refuse to be, retaliate, but be a peacemaker by allowing God to sort things out. So at the end of this message, I want to start with a question that I asked at the beginning. Are you a peacemaker? Or are you a troublemaker? Are you using your buckets wisely? Because blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. I told Brother Jason a story earlier at the end of the service, and I, uh, I many times seek to find a story to close out my message with. And I was going to use that story, but the Lord said, no, no. He says, you let everyone have their own story this morning. You say, what do you mean, story? Each of us today have a story that we might be in right now or that we have been in in times past where we've been a troublemaker. It wasn't that we really intended to be, but we were drawn into something. You ever been drawn into something? And I have. And sometimes people mean to draw you in, but most times people don't. But I've been drawn in and uh, instead of becoming a part of the solution, I was a part of the problem. And when I finally realized it, I had to repent. And I had to ask God to help me. So what in your life may be that you've been a part of the trouble instead of the solution in times past, or maybe even now, that maybe you need to say, God, forgive me. Help me to learn something from that. Or maybe... What is it that you're involved in right now that you're just kind of, you're neutral? And yet, because of your relationship in this situation, you have the opportunity to bring peace to the people and to the situation. But you just haven't because, after all, you don't want people to, you don't want to be persecuted for righteousness as we read in Matthew 5 and 9 and 10. And if I stand there and I, I bring peace in this situation, they're going to they're gonna think wrongly of me. No, you'll never be thought wrongly of, especially by God. And you'll always come out on top when you choose to be the peacemaker. But you have the answer. Maybe it's on your job. Maybe, maybe the boss has done some things that was, were not right. And maybe you've been a part of the uh, jaw jacking. You understand what I'm saying? You say, well, what is that? You've been part of the gossip. And instead of part of the solution, a part of the problem. And the Lord has said, stop it. Blessed are the peacemakers. You are the solution to that. Or maybe, maybe your story is that you are suffered the injustice, which probably is the most difficult of all. And now there's a tendency in all of our lives when we've suffered unjustly, we've been done wrong that we get bitter and we get angry and we live out based upon that and the Lord says no just don't just don't because one day there will be a judgment and one day 
Almighty God will even the odds and God will justify those that need to be justified and vindicate those that need to be vindicated and he will judge those that need to be judged. So, blessed are the peacemakers. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning. We thank you, Father, as we contemplate this word. Lord, I realize that Today, I have a tendency to make people mad on both sides of the fence. (laughs) And yet, Lord, we've come to speak your word. Help us to have deep-seated biblical conviction. But Lord, help us to have a great love for you and a love for people. So much so that we refuse to fight with anybody. But that we would speak the truth in love. I pray God for our nation today. A nation filled with violence. A nation that's filled with hate and fear. I pray that cooler heads and spiritual hearts would prevail that you would let there be the church that would rise up as the peacemakers. And though there may not be an answer to some of the questions as to why, Lord, we can say, we hear you, and we understand, or we're seeking to understand, and now what can we do in order for there to be peace? Lord, let that begin, first of all, with us. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we would walk in peace. That our mind would be filled with the peace of God. And that we would act in peace. Knowing that we are the hope of this world. For you said that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Thank you for helping us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask. And everybody say amen. Amen. Say, oh, pastor, we flathead church last week. Yes, I heard you did. But we got the plow out this morning. (laughs) Amen. And we've been digging some things up. I want to invite you to Wednesday night service. You say, I've been missing Sunday night. Come, Come Wednesday night. Our Wednesday night is our Sunday night for right now, and I'm going to be preaching on this subject. It's time to preach to the choir once again. I'm going to preach to the choir once again. So uh, come bring your shouting shoes, get ready to have some church, and uh, just be ready to be blessed. Hope that you've been blessed this morning. I pray that the peace of God, yeah, let's give the Lord a hand praise. You've been blessed this morning, and you received the word of God. Amen. I pray that the peace of God that passes all understanding would rest in your hearts. I pray that the joy of the Lord would be your strength. I pray that you would find areas and ways to be able to exhibit the peace of God and that you would take the bucket that is proper and that you would use it on that particular area. Father, we thank you for these people. They are good people. We pray, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us in Jesus' name. Thanks for being here today. Hope you have a great week. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Jesus, you're the you
heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. 